Minds Podcast. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I hope that you are feeling well. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. You know, today, today could be, um, you know, we, we uh, lift the curtain here a little bit. We weren't going to record today because uh, I'm not feeling awesome. And uh, then some time opened up and I thought, well, let's just record and Let's just do this thing, man. It could be interesting. I think I've got some painkillers and some NyQuil mixing in me. Is it an opioid epidemic in your brain or a pandemic in your body? <laughs> so The whole pan body. Uh, this last week, Johnson & Johnson, who uh, makes a lot of products, right? Including one of the vaccines that's been getting all the press lately, were ordered to pay billions of dollars they were, them and some other companies were ordered to pay billions of dollars in damages for their role in the opioid crisis and the state of utah is going to be receiving i don't know something like 300 million dollars from that payout really and so years later they realized what they had been allowing them to do was not good well johnson and johnson replied and said that their advertising was appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> so, so their role so, in the what were oh, they? What was their advertising essentially that uh, oxycodone is safe and effective? Well, it's definitely effective. But I just found that interesting that simultaneously we're being told that we need to trust these companies and that they're. COVID vaccine is safe and effective. And of course, Pfizer has a long history of, of ethical problems and payouts, similar, similar payouts to this Johnson and Johnson one and Moderna. They're fairly new, aren't they? They've never brought a product to market successfully until oh, now. Yeah, they have. Yeah. This one's been successful. Well, and but it's not have... even been brought to market in the traditional sense, no, right? No. It got a special EUA emergency youth authorization, which means that the emergency must persist, otherwise these become illicit drugs, unapproved. Right, meaning do not sell to the public. Right. So right. we've talked about this before, haven't we, on the, on the podcast, how the X-Files, the, the whole premise of the series, The X-Files, which ran for many seasons, I can't remember how many, Yeah. Uh, was that there was a the, the overriding theme was that there was a small group of people that were going to use the FEMA Federal Emergency Management Administration's um legal hooks into the you know into the legal framework around the country to subjugate America based on a an emergency. They were going to use an emergency to to take control of the country. Right. That was the and and then in the end they they learn that the uh, these people were working around an alien virus. It was a virus from aliens that was sort of the central emergency that right. they were planning around. Yeah, I think that's right. It's been a long time. Is that predictive programming? It maybe. It also might just be generic because using an emergency is to implement 
you know, total control is not new. Of course, there's the famous, I've always heard it attributed to Rahm Emanuel, but I don't think he was the original user no, of the that's, never that let Rahm a manual post dates, never let a good crisis go to waste. I think it post dates X files. Well, I guess Rahm Emanuel was in the, uh, well, Clinton his administration, which was going he, on the quote that gets attributed to him was, is, was I think in 2008 or nine when they were trying to push Obamacare, I believe. And, and of course the crisis was people didn't have insurance or adequate insurance. That was the, what they told us. Well, he made the statement long before that. He's on record long before that. And Has I he? think in, in, uh, cause that was 2009 when the mm-hmm. ACA was passed. Uh, maybe he made the statement right around then. But he may have said it before then. It's not an original. No. Certainly not an original sentiment. You never want to let a good crisis go to waste is what he said. X-Files ran from September of 1993 to 2002, by the way. Right. And then there's the X-Files movie. There's a couple of movies. But the one with the aliens was the best one, I think. Right. Well, right, you know, we we touched on this last week. Everything is being turned into a public health crisis. Racism is now a public health crisis. Uh, uh, misinformation is a public health crisis. And, of course, under the guise of a public health crisis, they, we can be made to do anything. We can be made to do jumping jacks before we go into the grocery store. Or cover our faces. Which we would never, we would never cover our faces before we went into a public place, right? Wouldn't that signal ill intent? Generally, right. Covering your face is like you don't want somebody to see your face for nefarious reasons. (laughs) Isn't that? Well, if I was going to walk into a bank in 2019 and I had a face covering on and a hood... Do you think uh, <laughs> that would raise some eyebrows? Well, the banks the banks had signs up to remove your hat and sunglasses and yeah and stuff like that. If you came in, they didn't have one that said "remove your mask." They've never had to have right because it's like if you go into a bank with a mask on, it means even even going into a even going into a grocery store with a a face covering on would raise some eyebrows pre 2020 but uh yeah we're i'm a little foggy today this might not be our best work no i think it's going to be really good maybe stuff. it will be our best I think work it's going to be inspired from the other side <laughs> i'm just looking for Rahm emmanuel's uh, the date when he said that not finding it right off off the bat but a lot of people want to attribute never let a good crisis go to waste to winston churchill yeah, I've heard that too. Others, maybe others want to relate it to Machiavelli. Maybe and, he was quoting Churchill, or and others want to relate it to Sololinsky. Yeah, Sololinsky and the rules for radicals. There's there's an interesting thing on the internet with quotes. Quote right. like you can say, um, "Never vote Democrat," attributed to Jesus Christ, or right. "Never." <laughs> no, that in fact, there's been some instances where. Somebody in a you know a corporation will do a marketing campaign or something, and they'll have a quote attributed to Abraham Lincoln or something, and he never said that. Right. Uh, the 
the tendency is that you can say anything you want as long as you attribute it to somebody credible and then that becomes credible, right? Right. right. I think there's a lot of, of those sort of folk, te- folk quotes attributed to the founding fathers that get a lot of circulation. Yeah. In the, in the Patriot freedom movement, there's a lot of quotes like that. And, um, I think you've got to be a little bit careful if you're a freedom lover and free thinker, you've got to be careful what quotes you pass around. I've, I've definitely been, well, the thing is, I don't know for sure. You'll find, find websites saying nobody said this or somebody, this, this is misattributed or whatever. And then you'll find others that are pretty adamant that they did say it. And so, so getting to the bottom of things like this is, is kind of difficult unless you really actually want to go to the library and look for the primary sources. And then you have the issue of whether or not that primary source that was put in print a hundred years ago was actually right. telling the truth. Remember, l- go read about yellow jur- journalism and William Randolph Hearst and the tendency of individuals and corporations to exaggerate in the late 1800s, early 1900s. This is not a, that's not a new problem. The idea that the idea that there's quote unquote fake news right. or yeah, just flat out fake news. They make they'd make stuff up, and I've often wondered recently what what you know ten, fifteen, twenty years from now, what the prevailing narrative about twenty 2020, twenty 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 one will be. I think there'll be a lot of people who will always will claim that they were always anti lockdown. They were always pro freedom. They were always skeptical of the numbers and of course we have receipts for for now sort of like these you know democrats like uh, kamala harris who last year at this time was saying there's no way i'll take a vaccine it's rushed through by the trump administration i think we linked to a video of that on our last we did. podcast by the and way. and biden said it numerous times who's going to be the first in line to take this experimental shot Right. That's the shot they're all taking, by the way. Not only are the they all pushing, taking it. I don't it, know that they're taking it. They're pushing it. They're pushing it so hard. In fact, I got, uh, I don't know if we want to talk about this or not, but I got absolutely railroaded on online, on Twitter, by an angry Mormon mob. Jock mob. Some kind of some irony there. Angry Mormon mob digitally uh, lynched me hard and feathered me uh for something that is kind of funny because i've posted stuff out there that would would be far more uh far more worthy of this kind of a response but do we want to get into this well you're on i just remind you that you're under the influence of something extraterrestrial mind control or perhaps the opioid epidemic and if you want to disclose well, I don't need to disclose anything. You, if, if you want to talk about it, because I, I know we have like really astute readers out there trying to track us or listeners trying to track us down. You know, there's a there's a cadre well, of the Twitter account I use is it isn't anything. It wouldn't lead back to even us. Well, I have linked to some some of our early episodes, but I wasn't getting any traction on Twitter trying to drive drum up traffic for this podcast. But. Let's see. I'm trying to remember how to pronounce cadre. Cadre. Is it cadre or cadre? Because that, that was the French pronunciation of it, I think. I think it's cadre. We've had this conversation before, haven't we? 
Yeah, but like... If, cadre. If cadre. It's a cadre. That's what it is. Cadre. Okay, cadre. Mob. Uh, it's a I Fran- use the word mob. It's a French word. So, okay, it's cadre. Just for the just for everybody out there. Uh, sorry, I had a, a little bit of uh, you, my well, U turn there. I, I think it's in, it's an interesting... What, what ended up happening... And I've seen this on, on both sides, quote, both sides. I know there's many sides, but I've seen this on both sides of a lot of arguments where somebody gets bombarded with with uh, negative comments or contrary comments. Yeah, you got you got essentially flamed. You got lynch mobbed. You got a yeah. cross burnt on your Twitter lawn. And, you know, I don't have very many followers on Twitter. So something happened. You, if you're going to go into this territory, you might have to explain. Well, I'll explain it because I think it's worth, I think it's worth discussing my original post. I'm and, just saying I think we've given enough personal information that the 4chan guys could track us down to our, <laughs> you know, and dox us and everything. Well, we've mentioned just about every episode that we live in Utah, right? And last week in Utah, we celebrated what we call Pioneer Day. And that's the that's July twenty fourth, and we celebrate. It's also known as the Days of Forty Seven, because in eighteen forty seven, on July twenty fourth, is the traditional day that uh, the first company of Mormon pioneers, who we kind of forget were refugees, chased from a chased out of the United States under duress. You're hemming and hawing. Well, a about bit. half. What the big the big secret is if you're if you're what the what the RLDS or the uh, some of the historians call mountain saints, right? The the big historical secret is that only about half of the saints came west. Only sure. about half of them followed Brigham, but because of the tight top down control that continued to exist under Brigham, that's why the the Western Church got bigger and the other mm-hmm. ones kind of faded away sure. they didn't have the type of momentum and they i I've, i think i've mentioned it here on the podcast before that one of the reasons why america became so free why the united states became so free was because of its lack of proximity to tyranny it was the frontier it was the it was the distance between them and the tyranny that allowed those principles of freedom to really take root and but then it, but then by the time of the civil war that gets the war between the states, excuse me, right? That essentially went away, and then you get into American imperialism and the 20th century, where the United States was not free. In fact, we we're on the downward slope by the time the Federal Reserve is enacted in 1913. That's the end, right, right. there, for American freedom. So, even though there have been plenty of individualists that have gotten away with stuff, the, the writing's been on the wall since, uh, since the early 1900s. So, anyway, um. The what the Western saints had was a lack of proximity to the Eastern tyranny, and uh, there are a lot of people out there. And I, please don't take offense. I love Joseph Smith. I think I would uh, hold my own in a debate or conversation with pretty much anyone about the religion to which I in which I believe, <laughs> which is maybe slightly different than the correlated version from the Western saints, but still definitely Mormon. Right. And, uh, you know, I don't think we, we need to have an argument over it. We can hope, hope that's the great thing about Mormonism. You're supposed to just be able to discuss truth from wherever, from whatever source it comes and right. apply that to your paradigm, apply that to your master mental map and be better off for it. Be closer to God because of it. So, so anyway, there's this, uh, 
there's this issue where a lot uh, the, the the cultural tradition is that because we left and, and became massive and wealthy out here in the West, that's proof that we were doing the right thing. Sure. Well, and that's maybe an erroneous thought. But anyway, well, I angered the proud Nauvoo stock. Okay, and, and that's so, a good way to put it. <laughs> that's not my phrase. That's the pr- the proud Nauvoo saints, the ones that uh, formed the reformed the leadership after Joseph's death and uh, came west. But the reason we celebrate it is, you know, yeah, we celebrate the Mormon pioneers coming to Utah, and you know, uh, we have a place in Salt Lake City called This Is the Place Monument because Brigham Young is said to have said when he saw the Salt Lake, Salt Lake Valley that this is the right place. And and we, we're not going to get into the nuances, I don't think, of that. But the point is, we celebrate that. It's it's it's. We already did get into the nuances. I had to do a, ta- a whole tangent on that. <laughs> I, I meant further. <laughs> okay. But so that's all a roundabout way of introducing the, the propaganda that the state of Utah has been using. You're right. Yeah, and that's a that's that's good context. I'm really glad you brought it up. I had forgotten how dare I use the word offensive? Well, I used, the propaganda I used, was not only did I use that word, but I also used the word vulgar, and that triggered a lot of people. But let's let's rewind a little bit. the The Utah Coronavirus Task people, whatever they call themselves, has been using propaganda to push. All of the, the 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 mitigations du jour, right? Propaganda in the worst sense. You know, the around most Christmas sense. time, around Christmas time, they posted uh, billboards and banners and things like that that said "Wise men wear masks," and they had picture of the nativity scene. A lot of people think that's cute, right? That's evil. <laughs> Just FYI. <laughs> so recently, with the Pioneer Day uh, uh, occurring. They also, around the 4th of July, they used, you know, they said that we can declare our independence from COVID, get vaccinated, which I also found vulgar. And offensive. And of course, so with Pioneer Day, they uh, they had a few Pioneer-themed COVID, or uh, sorry, vaccine advertisements. And we have to remember, these are advertisements. These are These are advertisements for a corporate product that is under... Uh, experimental and emergency youth author, uh, use authorization. So they had one that said something like, Pioneers Walked and Walked, which is a reference to a LDS children's song. It says, Pioneer, Pioneers Walked and Walked. All you have to do is get a shot. <coughs> it says, Pioneers Walked and Walked. You just need a shot. CoronavirusUtah.gov. Right. So I posted that one. And I said, if you're something like, uh, if you're, if you're, from Utah, and if you're LDS, you understand that this is how offensive and vulgar this is. And I got, normally my little tweets get maybe one, two, three this likes. This was your breakthrough tweet. Well, somebody, somehow somebody saw it, and the person who saw it is a sports writer. A local sports writer saw it and found it offensive that I was offended and retweeted it and basically unleashed his little army of... robots we are twitter robots this is where it gets in well and it's interesting on a couple of of fronts because i don't i don't really care that people disagree with me i people disagree with me all the time we i i understand i have 
unorthodox and sometimes views that aren't uh, in alignment with with reality. I, I understand that. But what what was interesting is that almost all of the responses missed the point entirely. And maybe that's on me because maybe I didn't make the point very well. But most of the responses were just personal insults, you know, telling me how stupid I am or how selfish or whatever. Fine, whatever. Snowflake was used a lot. <laughs> that's hilarious because <laughs> that they're trying to equate not getting the vax with being a snowflake, which in general, the social, the, the, I don't want to be offended. Social justice warriors are the ones that are the most afraid of the virus and right. the pushing vaccine and acting like, oh, scoffing at people who and it should be noted too that opinion than mainstream news based on sort of a rough kind of a, I mean it's Twitter right but based on a rough glance at some of these most of these people were Republicans you yeah. know they were BYU well, sure. sports fans but one one of the you know I'm not sure what happened to Drudge Report but terrible propaganda outlet now it used to be one of the places right. where a lot of good information was posted uh, Matt Drudge He's probably not running it anymore. Maybe he's dead. Maybe maybe he's been cloned. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, maybe he just sold out. He's he's a real recluse. But anyway, he was on Alex Jones' show a couple of years ago, and he made the statement. I just want to give him credit for it. He said, social media is a ghetto. Okay. What that means is it's a prison for your mind. He's, he's referencing the Nazi ghettos, uh, I'm, I'm guessing, of, the, of World well, War II. Well, the traditional II. sense of that word and not the sort of modernized slang for being a, a black neighborhood in an inner city. Yeah. That's not what he was talking we're talk, about. We're talking about a prison for your mind. Right. And so here you have all the ja the would-be jailers of the mind prison coming out to flog Bobby. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and again, like like you said with the, with the wise men one, some people think it's cute. And a lot of people are like, oh, no, this is great. This is so good. And and then a lot of people, I got I got bombarded by ancestry credentialism my great great great, great grandfather and we we talked about this the the thing i think was the that gave them the that tipped them over the edge that gave them a feeling that they they ought to reply was that you said if you're utah and lds this you would you will find this offensive, or you should you would know what you, did I say? I think you then, were pretty you, absolute about it. Then you I was. Think, then you think this is offensive, and so then people came out and they well, I'm, I'm a Utah, I'm those things, I'm, LDS, I'm those things, and I I don't and, think this is offensive. Not only am I those things, but my I had people speaking for dead pioneers. I think my you, my ancestor who crossed the plains would be appalled at your selfish yeah anti vax attitude ancestral pictures. What, what I think you might should have said was that if you're Utah and you're LDS, and if you don't find this offensive and vul vulgar, you're a blithering idiot. Well, and then see how many people would respond to it. <laughs> but look, because but it, then, then they'd have the, to say, well, I'm a Utah and I'm LDS and I'm not a blithering idiot. And I find it offensive. What I took offense to was not... I mean, yes, I took offense that the state is using our, our our historical and religious heritage, and it is religious. I had some people say, "You think all the pioneers were Mormon?" Well, come on, they're quoting. They're some are almost quoting word for word a church it's primary clear what song. The propaganda is. It's surrounded around July twenty fourth, which is a Mormon based uh, observation holiday. Yes, it's a state holiday, but let's be 
open and honest about the origins of it. It's days of 47. It's the, the Mormon Utah pioneers. pioneers. We're not celebrating the California Trail or the Oregon Trail. We're celebrating Maybe someday we will the do though. Mormon Trail. <laughs> anyway, but um, what's what's offensive about it is the same thing that's offensive about all the rest of the stuff that the state is doing. And the state is using taxpayer money, which they confiscate with, you know, by by illicit means. Taxation is theft. They use that money then to advertise for a corporate product. That alone is unethical. That has some serious problems. What if the state was buying billboards that said, gun ownership is safe and effective. Buy your gun today. Or even better yet, the state was buying people guns. Get your free gun at Walgreens today. I think there are people who would be upset about that, even though, even though you could probably have some studies that show that gun ownership, prevalence of gun ownership reduces crime in a community. So if if the government was was using tax money to push gun ownership, there'd probably be some problems. Some people would take offense to that. If the government was using tax money to push Coca-Cola or Twinkies or whatever, well, the There would be problems. Generally, the problems occur because someone with a mouthpiece, someone with a following takes issue. Like in the case of a major issue like gun control, you would have outrage because the corporate media would create Well, that's what, on a small scale, that's what happened to me. Some some person with a check mark and a few thousand followers somehow saw what I wrote. I don't know. He doesn't follow my feed, but... And then he 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 set the tone, right? I, it would be a really interesting social experiment if he, in some other universe, he had tweeted su- support for what I said. Would I have been bombarded with support from the same exact people? You know, the, he this guy set the narrative, and then the the mob followed suit, and it, it's really interesting. Well, because nobody had a counter argument. Their counter argument was, "You're stupid." You're selfish. I'm a pioneer. Uh, well, again, I think it has to descended. do with the way you phrased it. Because it, sure, you said, but if you're Mormon and if this, if you're LDS and if you're a Utah, you take offense. And then all these people who didn't take offense came back to say, you're wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm those Utah, things. I'm not offended. I'm not offended. Okay, that's fine. And then they would, then they said, isn't there a conference talk about you uh, people not taking offense? You know? Yeah, and I was told a few times... As if all conference talks were... I was told a few times that I wasn't following the prophet. And they they, they make some assumptions. I never said... I didn't say... you are following I didn't say anything about whether or not someone should take the vaccine. I just said that the ad for the vax was inappropriate because of the state's use of state funds, our money to advertise for a corporate product. See, that demonstrates that at least with this particular crowd, you're on a completely different wavelength. Oh, and, and we knew that. Yeah. But, <laughs> but your point is not anything about being Mormon or LDS or taking offense. And a lot, I think a lot of the respondents, at least the ones I read through, they typified the brainless, statist, controlled opposition right wing where they were just saying, right. oh, just get the vax, snowflake, just get vaxxed. 
Yeah. As What's if, the big deal? Just stick it. Just get the jab. Stick it in your arm. That I mean, it's like it's like the kids who would go to um, one of their peers into smoking or drinking or taking you know drugs. Right. It's, it's it's well, we've talked without without the high peer pressure. We we both we both grew up in an era where in school we learned a lot, like all the time. We learned the 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 pitfalls of peer pressure, and we were told not to participate in peer pressure. We took the I, were you were you are you a proud graduate of the Dare program? I don't know that I graduated from the Dare program. <laughs> I remember the Dare program. Yeah, the Dare program for those of you who don't know stood for drug abuse resistance education and was something that took place in elementary schools um in the 80s. I don't know how long it lasted, but in my case, a once a week, a police officer would come to the school in full uniform, gun and all, and teach us, you know, how to say no to drugs. Now, I, I support the underlying message. I don't, I don't uh, want to come across as a pro drug abuse person, but I also think that there's a lot of problems with the quote war on drugs, and we we don't need to get into that. But the point was like like peer pressure. It, they, they were teaching us how to resist peer pressure. Mm-hmm. And now, peer it, pressure is the foundation of our public health policy. Mm-hmm. If you don't it's do strange. this, everyone's doing it. If you don't do it, you're selfish. Where do I know, I think a lot of our listeners are homeschoolers. Maybe there's some out there that aren't. I'd love to get some feedback. Like, are, are the kids being taught about peer pressure? Are we doing that anymore? I'm... Uh, I'm I'm wondering. Well, the, the 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 governor, our our governor, our president, you know, the president of the United States, people like Dr. Fauci, they're all using peer pressure to push people into taking this vaccine. That's seventy percent. Seventy percent of our good citizens are vaccinated. Why aren't you? Well, that's all the news is. I mean, why do you think they interview other people and then they selectively edit it and cut it so that you'll yeah. think a certain thing? It's a peer pressure. You think that, oh, that lady there, they made her look dumb. Right. So therefore, that's a bad, bad the, uh, take. And so this guy looks smart. So that's the, that's the correct way to think. The latest talking point, and you, you see this, you know, it reminded me of incredibly dangerous for our democracy. The, the latest talking point is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. <laughs> it's like it first of all it ignores the people who have been vaccinated who are still catching the virus which you have these you have these conflicting prevailing messages it's really interesting and it fits right in with this gaslighting confusion narrative that's been happening for 18 months you have on the one hand you have prominent voices saying it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated and then you have people saying vaccinated people are can still get sick you need to still wear a mask. And Pfizer's come out and said, we're probably going to have to have a booster shot, but this time you're going to have to pay for it, meaning the government's not going to give it to you for free. And that's going to be <laughs> lucrative for, for them because that can go on forever, right? Yeah. The, this is, uh, it is the twilight zone we're living in here. And the I, empirical I think data it, is very obvious. The, the empirical data shows that this is a seasonal problem. It also shows that it's not that bad. It's akin to the uh, a bad cold or a bad, bad flu season or whatever, especially if you factor in how much 
damage the government's actions and propaganda did by causing fear and right. causing people not to seek medical care, all of that stuff. So there's just there's just absolutely no doubt we've been through almost 18 months of this there's just no when, doubt what this is and it is not what the news is saying and that's where like i i don't even classify myself as anti-vax and it, if we have listeners out there we who have probably had one of these covid shots that's fine if that's the decision you made that's fine but that's the point is that we're not even allowed to openly discuss this when i in, in a national debate well we talked about this last week last week was entitled the arbiter of truth we discussed it's how censorship we we i want we went over that a lot I how our, censorship is proof positive that our listeners need to know that jordan and myself will be your single source of truth all others take with a grain of salt we will be your single source of truth <laughs> that's pretty good yesinda <laughs> by the way that's a direct quote from a quote leader of a western democracy go back and listen to our episode 32 i I think i think it was a good episode that was a long episode it was but i think we're gonna make up for it today we talked about some important issues we're gonna be done in 29 seconds keep going finish the thought no (laughs) well as long as we're your single source of truth you're gonna be just fine because we only preach things that are safe and effective so Anyway, I don't really care if you're offended by a pioneer ad or not. The point is that we have a government manipulating us, pulling at heartstrings, uh, using religious affiliations and well, it's really religious juvenile. tradition yeah, to push us into making a decision. The, the, the decision is it doesn't they, they can't they can't make an argument for why somebody who is healthy or why somebody who has already had COVID and recovered should get this shot. The, the, the argument that they're making is just get it. It's safe and effective and everyone's doing it. It's how we get our lives back. That's been another line I, that Utah's used. I, safe, effective, it's how we get our lives back. I think you probably should have said something like, not only is this vulgar and offensive, but it's terrible advertising. Oh, it, it's so bad. Because that's the thing. This is government advertising at its best. It's like... Their whole, we're, we're, we're like you, <laughs> the it's whole stupidity campaign, on wheels. The whole campaign is, 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 is amazing. Let me just pull up a few. Let me just look at it. Like it's, yeah, see, there's a problem. If, if, if people actually had to survive based on, um, you know, profit, the, their ability to generate profits here, this advertising would sink. Right, here's it's the, no good. This is the latest one. <laughs> Microchips in the vaccine is the worst conspiracy theory ever. Change our minds. For more vaccine mythbusters that we love to hate, visit this website. They try to really. Yeah, they try. That's to, an ad. Yeah, they what, try they, to. They try to tap into some of like the memes and the cultural kind of things, like change our mind. You know, that's a that's a popular internet thing right now. Someone will say something and then they'll say, "Change my mind." Um, well, the, the the one. Uh, oh, here's another pioneer one that you sent me. This is the place for vaccination. Right. Playing off of Brigham Young's quote, this, this is, is the, the place. right place. This is the place for vaccination. I mean, that's that's just not good advertising. That's just bad. And then, of course, in between these terrible ads, they have stories of people who regret not taking the shot earlier because they got sick. They got COVID. 
But then, then they, they recovered. The <laughs> they recovered and are well enough to go on the news and complain about it. And now they're supposed to get the shot after they've already recovered from the thing that it's supposed to prevent them from getting. But they they uh, they had one like they they're really pushing these ads towards young kids to, towards kids. Like, what's cooler than going back to school, getting vaccinated for COVID nineteen? Does it have that inflection in it, or is it just written? Well, they've got an exclamation point after getting vaccinated for COVID-19. I think I would have read that with less enthusiasm. Well, I'm trying to read it with their brains. What's the... cooler than going back to school? Well, yeah, what kid, what kid thinks very it's few cool to go back to school? Very kids are excited to go back to school from summer break. Well, what, last year sucked. It was terrible. Well, yeah. Last they year canceled was... all kinds of stuff. They made them wear masks. They kind of drug, drug through it, kind of like, uh. Here's another one. What happens at summer camp stays at summer camp. Unless it's COVID-19. Then it's coming home with the happy campers. But not if you vaccinate your kids. That's like, that. that is long enough. It, if it were on a billboard, it could cause like an accident. If somebody tried to read it. Right. There's one I want to find that is just amazing. Because the... I think they use the word cowabunga, <laughs> but maybe we're, maybe we're just digressing. Vaccines are radical, they, they also, dude. They, they created these videos with these doctors, these actors, they're actors. Like Therm on Thermwise Dress, of uh, right. Questar, which was the worst can- ad campaign ever done by a public utility. And these doctors are, are, they're trying to make it humorous. These actor doctors are telling you that the vaccines are safe and effective and it's how you get your life back. The problem is a bunch of idiots, these these low-level bureaucrats got a ton of money from the government to do this. And millions. so it's like it's like kids in a third grade class that got millions of dollars and were told to produce uh, an ad for, uh, you know, not spitting in the hallway or picking up your trash out on the playground right. or... Not cutting, like not cutting corners. I heard back in the day that there was there was an ad campaign going on at a local on a local campus, uh, Brigham Young University. I've heard of it. Also known as the BYU. I've heard of that. Back in the day, they used to call it the BYU. So, I, I guess in the in the late '80s, there was a problem where the kids were just. They weren't walking on the sidewalk. They were cutting the corners oh. and making paths all yeah. over. I know what you're talking they about. They put up a bunch of signs that said, Cougars don't cut corners. Yeah. And then someone came up and cut the corners off of the <laughs> sign. <laughs> Those signs were cornerless. Well, you, you, you've worked in the internet world and things. Um, I once saw a photo. It looked like it might have been at a college campus. And it had this path, like a, a, a paved pathway that led to a door. And then... Um, it had a path of worn grass cutting from one sidewalk to the door, a more direct route. Mm-hmm. And it said, it labeled the paved path. It said like... Um, the path less traveled? <laughs> no, it, it labeled it as um, your beautiful your beautiful UX design. And then it pointed an arrow to the grass where everyone was walking and said actual user 
use or uh, usability. It was a, the, the, the perceived reality and the actual reality. <laughs> right. Like you That's can, a great you, thing for a college campus. You can create something that is beautiful but is not usable. And, and, and the reality is people, people are going to take the most efficient route to that door. And I, it was just funny because in the design world, you can create something that's beautiful and no one knows how to use it. Right. And then, you know, your products don't get sold because no one can figure out your, you, your user interface and your user, your UX. Yeah. But, uh, here's one. Um, you could say that getting vaccinated for COVID-19 is a pursuit of happiness, except it's not much of a pursuit because we'll make it really easy for you. <laughs> Hold on a second. So this is telling you it's your right to get vaccinated, a God-given inalienable right. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A pursuit oh. of happiness. Yeah. Here's a good one. A chip can be, but is not limited to, a potato chip, a chip off the old block, or a microchip. These things all have something in common. What is it? That none of them are found in the COVID-19 vaccine. But you already knew that, didn't you? So they're... I, I who, read an article. Who are the people that are reading this kind of stuff and going, actually, you know what? I'm going to go get it now. I'm going to go get that shot because there's not a potato chip in it. Have you, <laughs> have you seen any of the stats lately? And I'm not sure where, where we would source this. I found a, a article on a website that I, it wasn't very well sourced, but some something like 60% of American adults are vaccinated at this point. Is that about where we're at? I don't think it's that many. Cause the, the logic is that about, that means about half of the country has been vaccinated. Well, and it depends that, on, and some of the polling the shows definition of vaccinated. Right, well, yeah, but some of the polling shows that the people that aren't vaccinated are adamantly against it. Like, so they're, they're unlikely to get the other 40 or 50% of the country to get vaccinated. Yeah. Now, now explain why, the definition of a vaccinated person could be causing us to overstate well, it. There's three different shots, right? That are being used in the U S Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson and Johnson, Johnson and Johnson is a one shot procedure. You get it. And it's also a little different. It's not an MRNA. It's actually a, what they would call a traditional vaccine. Yeah. Because they, it's used, it uses a dead virus. The others are not, a traditional vaccine. They're what people might call a Trojan horse. Or a therapeutic. No, because it causes your body to produce the spike protein right. and who knows what else. But they're really not, you really can't call them vaccines. We really shouldn't be calling them that. But the reason that it's just like cases, hospitalizations, and deaths, there's no standard and for for counting those things. And that they're, di you know, it can be different and it can change. But fully vaccinated could mean that you've gotten, you've gotten both of those shots, both the Moderna um, doses or the Pfizer doses. It could mean you've had them both and then two weeks since your second shot have passed. And it could mean that you've just had the one JJ shot. So Utah, you know, if you or look does at... does it mean that... Are they, are they counting it... I thought they might be counting it in in a w such a way as to say, "Hey, we've given out, say we've given out a hundred shots of Pfizer, so that's fifty adults, even though it might be seventy five people that only got one shot and then decided not to get well, the next one." Well, Utah breaks it down 
by at least one like one dose and then two doses and they're i'm so a, they're I, not overcounting by counting they overcount by by they they can count the two doses let's say you had both doses they would count that as two vaccines administered cuz they they post these numbers like yesterday there were 400 covid cases one death and 50 billion vaccines so all of the 50 billion people that were vaccinated some of those might have been second shots right like seven of them right because most people didn't want to get i mean that's my understanding uh, and on the numbers and then like look they don't want a lot of clarity with these numbers oh that's the thing i've seen massive amounts of obfuscation as i tried to comb through things like the cdc's death data and stuff like that they keep changing it they keep trying to hide the actual data and promote their little interfaces that show the data that they want you to see in a statistical and I, statistically manipulated manner. And this is this is the bigger picture I think that we've been talking about lately. It's just the the in a the difficulty in regular people ascertaining what is real, what is true. How do you how do you trust I don't trust any of the numbers because there's no way to verify them. The, the, the governor of Utah or the governor of anywhere could stand up and say, 70% of our population is now fully vaccinated. How do I verify that? I can go to their dashboard, but that's just input. Those numbers can just, those numbers can be completely fabricated and made up. Well, I'm not it- saying they are, but they could be. There's no way for us to know for certain. Yeah, and once again, they have us talking about things that don't matter. Like, why do we care? It's over. It's it's over, and it will come back in the fall because coronaviruses are the most safe and effective (laughs) in the fall. They're the most effective in the fall. They... Well, the seat, they, they, they get going and then you I, get a couple of spikes. You get a spike towards the end of the year and then one in the in the spring when people are I've, coming I've back I've seen out. some comparison charts from July 2020 with July 2021 down in the south in the Sun Belt where the, the, the case numbers look identical from year to year because, as someone put it, when people are confined indoors because of cold weather, viruses spread. When people are confined, confined indoors because of warm weather, Viruses spread because guess what? When people are confined indoors, viruses, viruses spread. spread. But that's not that's not the way that you can you, that you keep a population fearful, and that's the bottom line: is we're being kept in a state of confusion and fear. Well, that's very clear. One one thing I think that was somewhat exciting, somewhat uh, well, really positive even though it comes on the heels of really bad news, is that there were massive, massive protests around the world in the last week. If you weren't, fo- right. if you weren't right. following the alternate media, you did not know that thousands upon thousands of people came out against far harsher restrictions in the United Kingdom, in Australia, in Greece, and in France, where they have far more authoritarian you know, socialist regimes where the people have already been disarmed. Yeah, even and they're did, out protesting in Australia? the streets. Australia, yeah, in Australia, uh, an, a man that was over eighty years old died, and they associated it with COVID, and so therefore they locked down. That was their third COVID death. 
Right. If I understand it right, this guy died, and so they had to lock down most of the country. Yeah, I think that's absurdity. There, there are reports, and I, I, I guess I'll try and find this, but but there were massive protests in right, Australia. Six, Sixty Minutes in the seventies did a did an expose on the swine flu, which we've mentioned before, and associated with that, I believe that those vaccinations, the, those immunizations, or whatever those shots that they were pushing in the seventies were recalled. They stopped the whole program because three to five people died because of the vaccine. Right. Now we've got thousands of people that have died because of the vaccine. Estimates range from 6,000 to 40,000. Right. Uh, This is not something they're tracking. They're purposefully not tracking it. And I also uh, want to give a shout out to a podcast called The Last American Vagabond.com. They were real-time showing a screenshot of the CDC website, and they real-time were watching the CDC change the numbers because there had been like 12,000 deaths, and then they erased 6,000 of those deaths, Mm -hmm. and they brought the numbers back, and then they changed the dates, and these guys were on doing their research, their screen-grabbing right at the same time as that was going on. So they're they're massaging the numbers right in front of us, and so fortunately, the the Wayback Machine on archive.org still works. I'm assuming at some point the... Ministry of Truth will be going after that because that's got a lot of good historical right. information. But yeah, there was one instance of that this week where the the American Association of Pediatrics came out in favor of masks on kids in school, and um, they scrubbed their website of their uh, uh, of Pfizer being one of their corporate sponsors. And so you have a before and after, and they just deleted Pfizer from their from their backing list. And so there is so much conflict of interest right out in the open right now. Uh, you know, I mentioned some on on Twitter. I'll probably get some. I could get some other. I could get brigaded again. But you know, a certain church here that we've already mentioned has been pushing the vaccines pretty hard on on its on its members, right? That certain church also owns something like eighty million dollars. Did you just say that church was hard on its members? N- no, it's been pushing. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> but that certain church That's also owns eighty something like eighty million dollars in Pfizer stock. They also own JJ and Moderna stock. They also own stock in Abbott Labs, which is one of the primary test okay. makers. So COVID if they were makers. A, if they had any influence on public thinking or policy wink wink that would be a conflict conflict of interest right but since they're just a a private entity it's not right well they also have people who are in leadership positions who are executives at some of these companies okay so it's like a different type of conflict of interest then (laughs) meaning they're not elected officials it's more like insider trading I'm shrugging my shoulders. Is it racketeering? <laughs> I'm raising my eyebrows and shrug- shrugging my shoulders. There, one of our, uh, one of our, <laughs> one of our uh, listeners, Whitaker, sent me a link to a conversation between a guy named Doctor David Martin and a bunch of German scientists and doctors, and he had found 
thousands of patents relating to the coronavirus all the way back to the, the, this particular coronavirus all the way back to 2002. And so I guess I'm going to have to link to that. That was really interesting conversation as he disclosed the patent numbers, said, go look this up and here's where they patented this and here's the patents related to the to the mRNA technology, which they said they just rushed to market, but they've had it in the in the wings for 10 years. You know, he he had some really interesting information. And I just bring that up because they 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 said something about the outbreak or the, the lab, you know, the, the that it escaped from a lab. And he said, oh, that's that's not true. It's not what never escaped from a lab. There was no outbreak. I, I, I couldn't tell if he was trying to intimate that they had like intentionally released it into the public or the alternative theory that it's only a pandemic because we've been testing for it. It only, it only started to show up when we started to test for it because they patented the DNA on a living organism, which is coronavirus, and they've patented large segments of varying segments of the of the millions of dna you know identifiers what 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 do we call those the uh, g a t t a c you know the proteins i think is what they are right and is that the things that generally best practice would be to find two of them but in this case they've only had they've only used one to find finding one to test positive, or am I thinking of something else? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about there. I but, don't know either. But the thing is, <laughs> clearly, the thing is, there's this guy's research shows huge profit motive that this is that, that this is a testing epidemic, which is what, oh, yeah. what you've argued many times. The way to stop the pandemic is just to simply stop testing for it. And remember, this is a disease that you have to get tested for to know that you have it. That's how not bad it is. Well, these testing companies have exploded, making so much money. Because these the, the states are buying up these tests by the millions. There, there's been more tests. I think I, I I read somewhere that in the United States, on average, every individual has been tested two and a half times. Um, and who paid for all of that? Well, we did, of course, through free. They were free, free tests. So their DNA is made up. Deoxyribonucleic acid is made up of nucleotides. And um, let's see. You can go you can go read about this online. For now. But you've got adenine, cytosine, guanine, and thiamine. That's what I wanted to bring up. And these are not proteins, they're nitrogen bases which form the backbone of DNA. And the way that works is you get millions of the, you get the, the sequence A, C, G, T, A, the combination of the, the four nucleo, or the four nitrogen bases, the combination of that determines whether you're a monkey or a daffodil or a coronavirus. And different organisms have longer strands of DNA and others have shorter strands of DNA. But it may surprise you. I, I read somewhere, and I have a hard time finding this source, but that 
that we share 70% of the DNA of a daffodil. Like we, like you could find, if you wanted a PCR test to determine if Bobby was a daffodil. Now, Bobby is a snowflake. You could find that out. <laughs> so, so that's the, the, the problem is, if, if, and I think there are laws on the books that say you cannot patent living organisms. So number one, these guys that have gone through and patented all the coronavirus have, are, have done so in contravention of the law. Number two, the, the pattern appears to be that they, in the pattern appears to be that they intend to take advantage of uh, a crisis in order to make a heck of a lot of money. That could never happen. Here's another one. <laughs> so your kids got the COVID-19 vaccine? Cowabunga, dude. That's so dope. But the kids who haven't gotten their COVID-19 vaccine yet, totally less rad. But there's good news. They can still get the vaccine. <laughs> That's... <laughs> I wonder if they're just trying to cause suicides, like people killing themselves because of the bad advertising. Like, it's it's bad. And look, a lot of this is only on, on their social media accounts. Some of it does show up on billboards out down, you know, out on the freeway. Well, some of them show up on the public information billboards, like the ones yeah, that are supposed the traffic to tell you about ones. traffic. Right. Yeah. And we've talked about that one. Anyway, it's it's gone. They've gotten incredibly desperate, which is why they've had to resort to the censorship and the protests are occurring in other countries where they're discussing vaccine passports. Actually, actually they had mandated vaccine passports. Yeah, that's what the, the, the see. The problem, though, is so a lot of these people in France are going to march. But that's not going to change anything, well, the French, is it? Okay, yeah, the French were able to get the government to roll back a lot of stuff through the Yellow Vest protest, which, by right. the way, went on for, like, we heard it about it in the news here for a, about a month. It went on for over a year. Like they were, yeah, the Yellow Vest get out, out and they for protest. A long time. And, and even pre-COVID, they were part, out. One of the conspiracy theories is that the French actually burned down Notre Dame, uh -huh. the great cathedral in Paris in order to detract from the these out-of-control protests because the people had had enough. And by the way, remember, that was right before COVID. Right. There, there have been, people have been rising up more and more and more because of what? Because of the internet, because of truth, because of the um, what, what the Soviets would call disinformation. People forget that there was a huge freedom movement happening in Hong Kong before right, COVID. Right, right. COVID... The COVID shutdowns effectively shut that movement down. People also forget that a lot of corporations, including the NBA, a lot of uh, uh, you know big corporations like Apple, the NBA, the NFL, were throwing their support behind China in that in the Hong Kong freedom movement, which is the forget. wrong side. People, right? A lot of people forget that the economy was on the brink in. December of 2019. Right. There's a lot of things we forget. We've talked about memory and how easy it is for information and, and events and things to get just completely buried now. Like the Fauci emails, which were only a month ago, are completely and utterly forgotten now. They basically shed the, the they, they, they pulled the wool back on, or the curtains back. I'm mixing my metaphors. The wool over his eyes. They pulled the wool pulled that the was wool over our over eyes. His mouth. <laughs> They revealed the, the, the truth and we all, it just, it's gone. People have just moved on and now they're putting their masks back on. Well, see, I don't know that people have moved on. See, we're, we're judging it but based I'm on talking, these masks. I'm talking about just in the, the corporate general. media. Yeah. 
the corporate who the question the big question is and i'm too lazy to start a polling company and go out and ask people but the big question is how many people really are believing the lies coming out of the corporate media i think that the trump fake news campaign and all of the clear cognitive distances and and uh well, that's it's just contradictions that w have been seen in the last four years have caused people to mistrust media immensely, there has far been, more than they already mistrusted them. There have been polls that show like a record low in trust for the media. It was something like 25%, and I can't believe it's even that high. But that that is really the question right now, is how how much is this really affecting our real lives? Right. You, you, know, should, you should be looking at media like, okay, they're lying to me. Like every time you see the corporate media, it should be like, okay, how are they trying to lie to me? Right. Well, I think it's, it, you know, la last year we all, we shut down and everything. That sort of just spiraled out of control before anybody could even say, oh, wait a minute. But now as they try to do it again, I think more people are saying, wait a minute. This pandemic and this panic, this fear exists on our phones and on our TVs. Because if you go out into the world, you hardly see any more masks. Right. There's no bring out your dead moment. You see people shaking hands and hugging and, and just life's pretty much back to normal. What I don't like, and I argued about this for 18 months now, is that now hanging over our head like this smoke that we have in Utah right now, this, this fire smoke from wherever. From some foreign wildfire. Hanging over our heads permanently now are these, these different threats of lockdowns, closures, mandates. It's always there. And that, that's a low-grade stress put on people that we make plans to go on vacation. You make plans to go to college. You make plans to have a wedding. And underlying all of those is it could all it could all be shut down at the snap of somebody's fingers. Well, yeah, or or that we're, or that we're going to have an apartheid type of a society right. where you have segregation between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. We're already seeing that. There, you you forwarded me a pic of a airport, Vancouver, British Columbia airport. Yeah, that was segregating vaccinated versus yeah, a line for vaccinated, a line for unvaccinated. I, I mean, what good does that do anybody? I would just choose the shorter line, but. <laughs> the the picture was empty of people by the way so i don't know if it was because it's in vancouver and there's nobody right, going nobody's to flying anywhere, right? into canada right now but yeah um this vaccine apartheid is real it's it's happening and it's another way to oppress people it's all of this is just different ways to oppress people it's trying to happen in the united states but it's really the laws have been passed in in other countries and it's quite it has happened in small ways. You recall when the beginning of the baseball season in April, there were... I do not recall. There were... Well, you recall April, though. I did not have sex with that woman. <laughs> which woman? Weapons. Which woman? Weapons of mass destruction. But the I think the Yankees and the Mets said that only vaccinated people could come to the games. And, and it didn't last long because I think they realized we have no way to... It's well, that's cumbersome. why they want to put the. It's, that's why they want to put the technological right it would, pieces together. So you have to show your phone and get a big right. red screen. Oh, unvaccinated, unclean, run, run screaming from the room. Yeah, the parallels with past uh, genocidal tyranny are really apartheid, kind of scary. You know, figuring out a, a group of people and calling them unclean, 
diseased, less than human, pigs, you know, things like that. Where have we seen that before? <laughs> Lots of places. Lots of places. And it's it worked out real well, didn't it? Well, today, um, we've got to wrap, actually wrap up here. But uh, like we said, today is going to be a little bit different, a little shorter, because it was... Our plan got derailed by some some uh, dental emergencies. Well, I I don't think you did too bad under the influence. I don't think I'm really heavily. I had a thing last night let to me, help me sleep. Let me wrap up a cu- with a couple of scriptures from the LDS doctrine and covenants because I think these are Wait, are you, are you relevant. Gonna, are you going to make? Are you going to use some religion to make your point, your political point? If you're a non-believer. <laughs> in the podcast you you could be you need to ask yourself listeners are you a podcast denier are you a mind virus denier or are you a believer if you're a believer listen to these words okay okay this is from doctor and covenant section 112 and this is a prophetic statement from Let's see, when was this? This was 1837. And I think it, it applied then and it applies now. It, it applies, I think, throughout the history of the world, it, it's applicable. But at, in our day right now, it's super applicable. Anyway, around verse 23, 22... Verse 23, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, darkness covereth the earth and gross darkness, the minds of the people and all flesh has become corrupt before my face. Behold, vengeance cometh speedily upon the inhabitants of the earth, a day of wrath, a day of burning, a day of desolation, of weeping, of mourning and of lamentation. And as a whirlwind, it shall come upon all the face of the earth, saith the Lord, and upon my house shall it begin. From my house shall it go forth, forth, saith the Lord. First, among those among you, saith the Lord, who have professed to know my name and have not known me. So, that's interesting, because those of us who profess to know have a high responsibility and it relates directly to the darkness covering the earth and the gross darkness covering the minds of the people right hence we must repent we must change our minds we must have a shift a cosmic shift and come out of it we've talked about that before but remember that's that's the day we're living in when gross darkness covers the minds of the people hence the need for persuasion gentleness meekness Love unfeigned, kindness, pure knowledge, pure knowledge, which shall greatly enlarge the soul without hypocrisy and without guile. Those things mentioned in section 121 about how to, how to share knowledge and truth. Very relevant to, to, to you out there who are trying to share a message of truth. The last thing I wanted to point out, though, relative to the war between the states, there was a prophecy. We've, we were just talking about how there's been a lot of protests and what was going on before coronavirus, how people were rising up against the governments. And so then you get this coronavirus and it's a huge distraction. And it kind of put the the protesting and the, and the populist movements on hold. And 
and covered the mouths of everybody, which is so symbolic. Right. And and this this is section 87 of the Doctrine and Covenants, and it's a revelation or prophecy given to Joseph Smith in 1832, and it's commonly known as the prophecy on war and often looked at as only relating to the, the war between the states or the civil war, as it's, just, as it's called in the history books. I want you to listen to this and think of it as having a broader timeline than just 30 years because he, he, he basically predicts, or God predicts, the war between the states, and he predicts it starting in South Carolina. And, but he says that the time will come that war will be poured out upon all nations. And so a lot of people who look at this particular section or this prophecy, they kind of tend to think that, well, it kind of fizzled. It didn't quite come to fruition. What if it is coming to fruition in your day? What if it was a 150-year prophecy that, you know, the Lord's timeline is longer than ours? And what if, what if this took a few generations to play out? He says... Thus saith the Lord concerning the wars that will shortly come to pass, beginning at the rebellion of South Carolina, which will eventually terminate in the death and misery of many souls. And the time will come that war will be poured out upon all nations beginning at this place. So if we look at it, the the same actors that are causing all of this, if we go back through our conspiracy studies, right, and and we've given you, I think it was episode 8, Hidden Picture, We've given right. you a lot of information on where where this money came from, who the who the people are, who the robber barons were, how they got funded by European bankers, et cetera, et cetera. That how this this moneyed interest has started wars. Well, post and the big post Civil War war between the states. America was sort of unleashed the the beast, the imperial side of America foreign wars wars right. everywhere and you had a you had a at that point in time perhaps the only real threat to the old guard the old uh, the, the rulers of the old world which was the new world and then they co-opted this great free free nation or free collection of nations federation of states here in, in the Americas at, at the time of the the war between the states he says anyway the wars will be from that time, or the time will come that war will be poured out upon all nations beginning at this place. So with the, with the war between the states in the 1860s. For behold, the southern states shall be divided against the northern states, and the southern states will call upon other nations, even the nation of Great Britain, as it is called. And they shall also call upon other nations in order to defend themselves against other nations. And then war will be poured out upon all nations. So a lot of people read that as if... That was supposed to happen in the 1860s. And they'll say, well, you know, Great Britain, France, they kind of got involved, but not really, whatever. Well, what if, what if that was a longer time frame? And what if when it says in verse 4, after it shall come to pass after many days, what if that's many years? What if that's like a prophetic parlance, a, 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 an utterance that, you know, many, many, many days, you know, many years and days, et cetera. Right. <laughs> What if the slaves aren't necessarily just the black slaves? Because there was not a lot of uprising of the slaves. But it says, after many days, slaves shall rise up against their masters, who shall be marshaled and disciplined for war. So what we've seen is that since the war between the states, the United States has gradually gotten more and more into this mode of perpetual war. You had the Spanish-American War. You had 
the World War One, World War Two, and then since World War Two, it's very clear that we've been in a perpetual state of war. You had right. Korea, Vietnam, I, uh, Iraq. You had the Cold War. And, Plus, and you've got a bunch last... of little smaller skirmishes and things that don't yeah. get as much press. Guatemala, right. Nicaragua, uh, Kosovo. I mean, there's like but I'm we... just going off the top of my head, but you could probably see, you could probably find a timeline that does show permanent war. We have permanent war now. I mean, we've been at war for 20 years. Well, yeah. In in the Middle East, that's that's just undisputed. Even though they said that combat operations were over, we we're still there, and we're still trying to get out. People are still trying to get out. Anyway. After many days, the slaves shall rise up against their masters who are marshaled and disciplined for war. What if that's the people in Hong Kong? What if that's the yellow vests? Right. What if that's the Tea Party? What if that's the people that are figuring out who the slaves are and who the masters are? Well, you mentioned the gross darkness that covers the minds of men. I would think that when that darkness is pierced by light and truth, the result would be an uprising of some kind. It doesn't mean violence. I'm not calling for violence, but an uprising a flood of truth through the land will cause people an you know an awakening an awakening to the sense of your awful situation and then doing something about it right it, it says anyway by the sword and by bloodshed the inhabitants of the earth shall mourn and with famine and plague and earthquake and the thunder of heaven and the fierce and vivid lightning also shall the inhabitants of the earth be made to feel the wrath of an and indignation and chastening hand of an almighty God until the consumption decreed hath made a full end of all nations. Right. And it goes on and talks about standing in holy places and being not moved, etc. I'd encourage you to read and consider 112 and the, and the sections that apply to you, or the, the parts of that that apply to you and section 87. If you're not LDS, take a stab at it. It's, right. it's still interesting. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to join up, be baptized, pay your tithing or anything to enjoy the benefits of and the truth that is in these modern scriptures, these more more recent holy writings that have come on the scene with the advent of Joseph Smith. Well, if we had a theme today, I think, again, it was playing off of last week. What is truth? Where do you find truth? And how do you spread truth? It's on CNN and Fox News. <laughs> By the way, it was announced today that PayPal is teaming up with the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, to uh, root out hate and cut off funding for hate groups. I know they got they uh, they deplatformed the Last American Vagabond, which was a website right. I mentioned earlier, and, and so then, that's uh, that's not very well known. Tech, so they're get, they're getting ahead of right ahead of it now. They're not just deplatforming people. Tech companies are are collaborating to kind of do the same thing. And so we're, we're under assault. Um, well, we're finding out who the slaves are and who the masters are for real. And we're seeing that the slaves are well, rising up, but the, the masters are incredibly astute. With the good propaganda. news is that we know, we know who the enemy is. We know what they're doing. We know who they are. So we can, we can fight back now. It's not a deep state or some clandestine something or other. They're out in the open, and they're stating their intentions. You can at least try to avoid their influence as best you can. I mean, right. it's, it really is a cancer that's infiltrated much of society. But you know, we do our best, right? You you can't you can't get fully extricated from it. If you have a mortgage right. on your house, you're you're beholden right. to it. But you know who the slaves are and who the masters are. 
Well, thanks for uh, listening, everybody. We will we will be back again next week. Next Today, week, by the way, we didn't do our, our our day. Today's July twenty fifth, twenty sixth. Sorry, I can't read my own phone. July twenty sixth. It's Monday. And today is episode thirty-three. We appreciate everybody who listens and shares this. And we're, we've been talking internally about uh, ways we can improve and maybe get it, maybe embiggen our audience. And uh, if it's one thing I learned after getting uh, an angry mob at, uh, on your tail <laughs> on me was that there's a lot of people who need to hear what what not just what we have to say but what a lot of good they, honest people have to say <laughs> they need to consider the principles and the material and the context well a lot right of people, but but that's the problem most people won't sure anyway this being episode 33 i'll just wrap it up and say if you can find any of the esoteric symbolism and hidden meaning in this you might be a master mason <laughs> or a, a granddaddy something or other but uh Take care of yourselves. Good luck on that. <laughs> and we will talk again uh, next week. There's no hidden meaning what we say. We're stupid enough to say what we believe. <laughs> no, the, we, we didn't intentionally weave anything into this episode. But uh, yeah, it is number 33. And I hope you listen to what it says on at, on the surface. Right. Let, let that sink in. Right. I, hope that, I hope that you're out there uh, thinking about these things and sharing the message of truth, the message of liberty with anyone who's willing to listen in a manner that's consistent with your, you know, the goodness that you have in you. Right. All, All right. right, everybody. We will talk to you again next week. Off Thank to you. the dentist. See you later. Ugh.